Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, you are listening to Freight 360. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I'm your host, Nate Cross. And Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. All right. All right. All right. Episode 122 of Freight 360, the first episode of 2022. It was not planned. It just happened to work out that way. Got a big snowstorm coming up here in western New York. Ben, what's your weather like in South Florida? It rained a little bit this morning, but I was able to swim laps at lunchtime outside. So. <laughs> a little Not jealous. Bad. But hey, everybody, welcome back. If you're new here, welcome to Freight 360. We've got a growing audience, obviously, with our newsletter going out every week and the podcast episodes dropping every Friday and the YouTube videos dropping every week. Um, we've grown it. So a lot of new folks I've seen listening to some old episodes. We appreciate it. Hopefully when you get up to this episode 122, you're, uh, you've learned a lot. So welcome back. Leave us that five-star review. Share us with your friends in the industry. And uh, today's topic is going to be prospecting focus. It's a good one. We had, a, we had some questions from folks over the past week or so asking about prospecting and some specific situations that they're in. So we're going to peel back the layers on it. Um, but first, got to give a shout out to our friends over at Rose Rocket. Modern trucking companies need modern software. Say goodbye to spreadsheets, manual processes, and contentious phone calls with your partners or customers asking where their freight is. With the Rose Rocket transportation management software, you can automate every part of the order. From automated order entry to self-serve quoting to advanced dispatch, dispatching and on-demand track and trace. Rose Rocket makes running your business easier and more efficient. Visit the link in our episode notes to get the best price and learn how the Rose Rocket TMS can streamline your business operations. That was a mouthful. Gotta love doing those ad reads, man. So you guys remember, if you, ha- if you don't haven't heard of Rose Rocket, we had Rob Doherty on in December talking about TMSs and uh, had, a, had an opportunity to do a nice little sponsorship with them and share some of their stuff. They're a great platform if you're looking at TMS is they've got a freemium version, which is basically um, you get a light version for free to try it out. And if you like it, you can upgrade to their full paid one. But that's Rose Rocket. Um, sports? Bills won. Ben sailed off into the sunset. Yeah, big Ben. If you, if you watched the uh, – that was Monday night. Yeah. Over Cleveland. So basically Baker Mayfield just looks like he sucks. Um, sorry, Browns fans. But Pittsburgh still got their playoff hopes alive. Seven, yep. seven, and uh, no, eight, seven, and one. See, there's a couple of things you need to. I think the Colts have to lose to the Jags, and I don't know if that's going to yeah. happen. But that's no, the most Jags unlikely of the variables. Yeah, but uh, Bills clinched the playoffs. Big Ben rolled off into the sunset. You know, it was wild. So um, when I thought he was going to go on the field and kneel it out. And then he had that handoff that ran for a touchdown, and he still got the ball back another time to kneel it out. That was really cool. He did his lap around the majority of the of Heinz Field there and slapped up a bunch of fans, and, you know, it's cool. It was pretty cool. I had a lot of friends that were at the game, and they were like, the energy there was just awesome. I mean, I he was – I mean, he's my, my, our age. So, I mean, I remember, like, when I was coming out of college and when he got drafted and him being in Pittsburgh when we were all kind of the same age. So, like – He's the first quarterback I think, like generally, generationally, like I, we kind of identified with in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean the other ones, I was kind of a kid. They were more like you know, 
adults and you're a child, he was the first one that was like you know, kind of our age. So it's, I don't know, cool and kind of bittersweet to see him kind of wrap up his career. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so look at, it's funny, looking at the playoff seating right now, it, it looks like the Bills might play New England for a third time this year as, in the wild card round. So we'll see. Um, I, I'd play anybody except for the Colts at this point as a Bills fan because the Colts game just scared me. But who knows? It could be it could be uh, the Steelers sliding up there into the seventh seed, playing maybe Kansas City, maybe Cincinnati, maybe Buffalo. Who knows, man? Who's favored to get the bye week in the AFC? Ten- Tennessee has it right now, and they control their destiny yeah. on it. So if they win this weekend, they will. They're tied record-wise with Kansas City, but they have the tiebreaker. So they just got to win, and yeah, they get the bye. So, which I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Because let's see, week 18 here. Yeah, Kansas City is going to play Denver, uh, and then you've got Tennessee is playing Houston Texans. So, yeah, Tennessee should be able to take that. So let's see what we'll see what happens. You know, postseason coming up. I'm excited for it. All right. Well, before we get into the topic, Ben, give us a shout out to our friends over at DAT. Taking the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT Load Board Network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new cart business partners, plus you can quickly qualify and onboard new carriers. And with the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Check out the show notes for a free month of Power Express or Trucker's Edge. Definitely. So here's the deal. We love our we love our sponsors and our partners. Like we talk about DAT and Lean on every single episode. We've talked about Rose Rocket recently. I almost feel like we should get like a prof- you know one of those professional people that records you know and then just do like some dynamic insertion. So like mid show while me and you are talking. Just kind of slide, it just slides right in. in. But, like the guy who does like the movie read ads yeah. for like the uh, trailers. Yep, we need that guy. But unfortunately for all of you listeners out there, you're, you're gonna just going to get me and Ben doing it live. All right, so topic today, prospecting shippers. So so one of the questions that we had specifically um, was someone asked, hey, I work at a bigger brokerage, and it is very, very hard for me to get leads into my name because I'm competing against all these other people, right? <laughs> This could be you could be at you know the big box TQLs or Coyotes or Integrity Express or whatever, or where there's thousands, right? Or you could be at a mid-size where there's 100, 200 brokers. Um, this is a problem you're going to run into, and we're going to talk about prospecting in general, but specifically some of the hurdles that you run into and how to get over that. So um, my my first thing I want to say on those bigger companies is. You can't rely solely on your CRM, okay? Think about somebody who goes out and starts their own brokerage. They don't have a CRM full of customers in there to, to prospect. They got to they gotta go out, find something, kill it, drag it home, and eat it, right? That is prospecting. Um, well, Ben, so, I mean, even looking at your past, you were provided some database to work out of, but you probably have the same issue, and you have to go out there and yep. find your own leads, I mean, the big pro is when you're starting out, you've got access to a pool of leads that you can just sit down and dial through. The nice thing, like you can just pick through and just categorize them. Like, cause there's 
tens of thousands of leads in these bigger brokerages. Um, so, I mean, you just pick any category and anything that wasn't assigned, you could just pull into your queue and start dialing through. Now, very low chance of success in some of them because even when you look at them, like they're recycled. You could look and see that brokers called them a different broker might have called them every week over the past year, right? And they've said no every time, and some of them have been asked to take off a list. So you get some disgruntled and rude people. But again, it saves you from the task of having to find all of these things you're, in your example, are gonna shoot at and likely miss at the beginning, right? It's, it takes a lot longer to learn the skill set when you're literally hunting for a lead than calling it with little chance of really knowing what to say yet, right? Yeah, you know what? That, that's there. a great point. And I've, I've said this before a couple of times. When I was very, very brand new and hitting the phones, I literally, and I would do this when I would train somebody new, is you give them garbage leads because they're going to fail and they're going to fumble. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. They're not, you're not losing anything. They're gaining no. the experience. They're gaining the repetitions. Yep. Um, so it's huge. Benefit. I mean, the big benefit is you can just sit down and start banging through numbers and you can pull them. In fact, one of my largest customers came out of one of these lists. I did not find them elsewhere. They happened to be a recycled lead that was called by a bunch of people and they just, they went through the motions. So when I called with a little bit more of intention, I had a good conversation and there was an opportunity there. Not to say that's always the case, but there is absolutely opportunities even within these pools. Yep. I can tell you a handful of stories of people that I know did quarter of a million dollars a year GP off found leads that were just buried in there that just nobody thought anything about. Random things from fish food companies in the middle of nowhere that nobody thought of, that nobody was prospecting, to like mid-sized shipper that just fell through the cracks. Yeah, I mean, so there, there's pros and cons of that, right? To those bigger brokerages. And the pro right there is that there's a, in that haystack, there's gonna be a couple of needles, right? Um, but there's a lot of hay. Um, what I will say too is like I want to caution people because I've seen we've seen a lot of spam and garbage in our Facebook group. People trying to sell shipper lists and stuff like that. Don't pay for a shipper list ever. Don't do it. Pay for tools that will help you create your own shipper yes. list, but don't go buy someone else's because if you think that you're the only one calling on those, oh yeah. my god, you're you're crazy. And, and that's the whole thing. But again. If they're free and somebody's giving them to you and you just started your career and you need somebody to call, grab them for free. So for what? Yep. They get the reps in. Yep. I always use the analogy in coaching of usually baseball. They're at bats, right? You're going to the batting cage. Who cares what happens? That's what these lists are for. Yep. You can just pull them, run through them. The numbers are there. Who cares about the notes? Just practice what you want to say. Practice your script, for lack of a better word. Whatever it is that you're going with, and listen a lot. You will learn and every repetition and every mistake and everything you fumble through conversationally will be a learning experience. Get through 500 first, then start asking yourself what you're doing. Because I would say the biggest thing is just prospecting is expectations when people start in this industry. They think they're going to call one or two people and they're just gonna say, hey, yeah, let's negotiate some business. Now, the reality is, is like, you're probably gonna be calling 500 before you even have any semblance of a decent conversation. So come into it with that expectation. If you're only calling 10 a day, it's gonna take you quite a long time. You call 80 a day, it's gonna take you a little more than a week, and now you've got some really good idea around like what you're hearing, what you're not hearing, what you sound like, and what doesn't sound right. So you're the like the proverb guy, but there's a quote 
that I want to do. I want to reverse engineer. You might be able to help me with it. It's something about like it takes 10,000 10, hours to become a master at something, right? Is yeah, that so that's from Malcolm Gladwell. He wrote the book Blink, and the, the book is based on the premise to become a master at anything. You, he found in his research, you pretty much have 10,000 hours of practice in whatever that is. So he talks about the Beatles to musicians all the way through mathematicians to salespeople. And when you see the people at the top, they have the most amount of time invested. Yep. Absolutely. So you've kind of flipped that one upside down and it's like, look at those first handful of hours and first hundreds and hundreds of hours, right? That's your, yep. that's your start off in brokerage, right? You don't know your ass from your elbow, you know, hypothetically speaking, when it comes to brokerage, right? You, you don't know, um, you may not know the difference between a step deck and an RGN. You might not know what pulping is for produce, right? But that's okay because you're going to go through plenty of repetitions. And as long as, I love your analogy of the batting cages, as long as it's an at-bat and you're swinging, that yeah. is going to make you better at it. It's going to flex that muscle. It's going to strengthen that muscle. It's going to gain your, it's going to grow your confidence and boost it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people fail at prospecting and growing their book or really in sales in general because they just lack confidence. They're afraid of being told no. Mm -hmm. And you have to realize that that person on the other end of the phone, they put on their pants the same way you do. They're a human being, right? Yep. Water off a duck's back if they say if they say no. Just let it go. That's it. It's all and part the of the thing is expectations. Like, emotionally, like, it always helped me to have a phone line there, right? Because, like, having a hard phone whenever I prospect, I never use my cell phone because, like, there is this connection that I've built over time, right? To your point, hab habitually, hundreds and thousands of hours. I know that if even someone's rude to me or the call goes wrong, and I've had the same thing where I say something stupid and my nerves and my face gets red, even if I'm by myself, you're just like, oh, I feel like an idiot, right? Yeah. Like, everyone's been there. The thing I learned from someone else that taught me this, by the way, was... He's like, dude, there's a button right there. And at any point in time, you just click that and hang it up. And he's like, I know this sounds stupid, but like you can literally just drop the door on these people. They're never going to come back. Yeah. They're not going to call you back and go, hey, that was weird that you said that. They're just going to go about their day as if it never happened. And when you realize that like there literally is this button to just shut yourself off from the emotional uncomfortableness, like to me, like they're never going to call my cell phone. Like that's why I like having this business line because – it gives me that like protection somewhat. That's funny. So when I was when I was new to the game, I I had to hang up a couple of times because people started like they could sniff that like, like you don't what? know what you're talking about. Yeah, like and they started asking like, me questions. And I'm like, uh, uh, click. Uh, like, yep. I was like, just bail. What just happened? Oh yeah, just bail. Yeah. And then I'm like, you're super, you're super flustered. And then I would run right over to somebody else in the office and be like, dude, I don't know what happened, but this <laughs> is what they were asking. And then like, you get the, you get the recap after, and you're like, okay, yeah. And that's it, right? I was listening to this other podcast, completely unrelated to transportation, but they were talking about where you get confidence. And he's like, it doesn't matter what it is you do. Literally, it doesn't matter. He's like, you get confidence by pushing your skill set to the bounds at which you can perform, whatever that is, right? So if you're a climber, you push yourself to climb a little bit higher of a mountain. Once you do that, your confidence for that size mountain goes up. Same thing with it's phone like training climbing. for a marathon. You run a little bit further every week. Yes. And that's exactly what you use for an analogy. Like, you're not just going to go, hey, my New Year's resolution is to run marathons. So the first day, I'm going to expect to run 25K, right? 26.2 miles, but hey, it was counting. <laughs> anyway, that's the whole point though. We have this expectation that when we try this new, this new skill set of sales that like 
because it's two people talking, we're like, oh, well, like just in the first one, it should work. Like it's it's not in anything. No. Um, doing it's what's going to get you there. Yep, absolutely right. And I always say, I you know, I've I've got my opinion on scripts. I'm not a huge fan. Um, building rapport through your personality is going to go so far versus reading off of a script. So. Um, having just a little bit longer of a conversation or just asking one more question. That's like the, the climber going just one foot higher, the runner going yeah. one more mile. Um, and it will pay off dividends in time. So the the other side to this is obviously... Well, the cons, right? We covered the pros. Like sure. the cons of working at the big brokerage or how do you find leads and opportunities when every time you find the company, like it seems like it's taken. And the other side of the coin is when you work in these large companies, you see the brokers making the most because they use that as incentive for the other people to see that the opportunity is real, right? Yeah. It allows you to know that the road you're traveling down is worth traveling down, right? And what I like too is the, and I think you're going to probably expand on it is being able to hear people around you yes. and how they do everything, what you like, so, what you don't like. And I think that's the biggest thing. So why we disagree on scripts a little bit is exactly on that point. Like I didn't use a script because I was surrounded by 75 other people. I could sit next to listen and I picked up what they were saying, tried it a little bit. If it fit my voice, I stuck with it. I would keep what worked and then discard what didn't and try a little bit of new things every day, right? And you make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. But what I realized was one of the harder things for people is when they are in their own home or they're doing this by themselves and they don't have these people around them, that's why I think a script can help not to read off of, but to sit down and most people aren't going through the exercise of like, what is my intention when I go to pick up the phone? They just wait for the guy to answer and then hope the words come to them. Like you're calling them, you're the one directing the context of the conversation know where you want to go before they start talking to you. And if you don't know what to say, writing it out is a great way to flush these thoughts out and to get you an idea on like, what is your benefit as a brokerage? And by the way, you're calling somebody. What is in it for them? Were you just calling them to say, hey, I'm a broker. Why don't we chat about like what you're doing and see if maybe I can make some money working with you. I got it's not going to get anybody to go, sure, <laughs> here's some freight, right? Yeah, wow. Yeah, and I think, so we've, seen a lot of benefit in folks in like our group coaching, for example, like that's a great setting and it doesn't, we're not trying to tell you you have to, you can only be successful if you're, if you do coaching like that, you can go and like, one of the things I do is I got buddies that work in, in brokerage for different companies and we get together for lunch, like every couple of weeks and we talk shop yep. and it just kind of gets me talking about it. And even just that, like you, you kind of get a vibe for what they're doing at their company and, it's just, it's good to have that yeah. feedback and bounce stuff off yes. so you're not isolated in your own brain and only thinking Agreed. from your perspective, so. A great suggestion for that too is, I like doing dialing sessions with other people now. I'm doing some more with our clients and I'm doing more with even just people that I know. Even, it first started with people and even in other industries that wanted to like, just didn't want to sit at home and prospect Alone. in a room. Yeah. So we just threw up a Zoom call and honestly, some of the times they're muted. And I'm muted, but like just having somebody there kind of going through it with you definitely helps. And then occasionally you pop off and you just like, because 
good or bad calls, being able to go and share what happened right after it happened, I think is important. It helps us process it. It helps us understand what went well and what didn't well. And when you're kind of by yourself, when you come off a great call, you don't really have anyone to celebrate that with. And I think that's another thing that's helpful is to have somebody there doing this with you, whether it's through a Zoom call or even just a Teams and being able to message people, having yep. some of that human connection. Oh yeah. So, and I think back to when you have a new hire and you hear them just fumble, it's um, it's good to just be able to be like, hey, you know, here's what you actually did do good. Now let's talk about the other stuff, yeah. right? So, and I, I like that idea that you had there with the with the Zoom Zoom or Teams. Um, so now I want to cover the lead piece, though. I was gonna say like, like you've got to be able to generate your own leads, yes. right? And we've got plenty of episodes on on sources, but at the end of the day. You are if you if you solely rely on your company's CRM or you solely rely on, on a customer list that you purchased, you're never gonna you're not gonna get to where you need to be, and that's just it's yep. just that simple. Um, so the reality is you've got to source your own leads, and we've I think it's episode 77, it's prospecting with a purpose, talks all about the efficiency and the um, time management part of that and breaking that up into what is it we call it. Uh, Bite-sized batches. Yeah, right. Yeah, batching you've, got stuff. To, you've got to find leads. So, I mean, we could just talk through some of the places you can go to. Um, Google. How can you use Google to find leads? Simple. Well, here's a, <laughs> just type I in. want to go through this for one second. Sure. And then I want to go through the list, right? Because I just did this this morning. And I think this is a great way for people to look for, like, because this question, right, every time, in fact, the part that stuck out at me was they're like, every time I go to search for a lead, it find, it's like tagged or somebody else has it, right? Well, usually why you're looking for that lead is because someone else in your company is doing like 40K a month or 10K a week, right, on this customer. So you go and look for the next customer that's similar. Say, I don't know, maybe it's Heinz. You're looking for Hunt's ketchup. And you're like, oh, it's tagged by somebody, right? A great way to go, where to go from there is look at what they're similar and then take that and search through another place. You can use Google, that's what I did today. So what we did this morning was we looked at one of our better customers and I went, I want more of these. So I sat down with my assistant and I went, let's figure out how to find more of these size customers. So we looked at the employee size, we looked at the revenue, we looked at the industry. We put all three of those, all three of those plus the NAICS code of that customer, right? We looked at the number, we threw them all into Zoom Info. You could either use Zoom Info, but you could also use Google and you could also use like Reference Zoom, USA. Zoom Info lets you put a revenue in there? Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. I didn't realize that. I haven't used so it in years, but. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, let's start in this city. Again, back to the things we talk about. Batch yeah. them. Okay. If I'm calling everybody in this industry in Chicago, I can use the same piece of information. So we pulled 180 80 prospects this morning that had similar characteristics to the customer I want. So just because the ones you're tagged, if you really dig into these codes and just plug in the NACIS codes, every company in the country that qualifies under that is found through these databases. Yep. There are multitudes of other prospects that I guarantee aren't in your system. So I wanted to, uh, I want to define NAICS really quick. I had to type it in to remember the exact thing, but it's North American Industry Classification System. So basically, the the feds have a um, is it a six digit code, Ben? Is that what it is? There's I think it's five. five. I so I basically, it's a it's a numerical code that identifies you by the type of industry that you work in. And they can get very specific, right? They're, it's not just going to be like, oh, they work in beverage. It'll be like, um, 
you know. I'll read some. Yeah. Just to give you an idea. Like I just pulled up just some list with some numbers on it. So like agricultural, forestry, fishing and hunting, mining, utilities, construction. And then there are subcategories underneath these. So then you get into the sick codes and so it is it is up to six digits. So yep. the first two I believe is the the generic part of it and then it breaks down. So like for example, 111 so 11 is agriculture and then if you go like 11111 it's soybean farming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. like, I mean, it's very very specific. And then it goes below that too cuz I pulled up that exact one. So you got agriculture at 11 111 is crop production, 41s is oil seed and grain farming, 5s soybean farming and then 5 1s and a 2 is like oil seed except soybean farming. So you yeah. can drill down. You know, I mean, you know what else too? If you just can't think of a, an industry to prospect, go hang out on there. It's census.gov forward slash NAICS or just Google NAICS. It's the first result. And you can go through and pick the 2022's um, NAICS list and that'll tell you like literally everything. And that, if, you, if you are literally out of ideas, you, go. Yep. you can get anything you want. And here's an even better one. If you're at one of these big brokers, Look at the brokers that are doing similar businesses to your niche. Like I would try to keep it in the same like equipment type. Like if you're doing vans with your book, look for the biggest brokers that are moving vans like right now. Or look back at your TMS and see who did really well in February of last year. Because you can't see a February this year yet, obviously, but you can see who killed it February of last year. Mm -hmm. Look at their NACIS codes, then find the companies that aren't in your system. And those are the ones I would prospect. I dig it. So um, you mentioned Zoom Info. Let's talk about like so databases that you can that you can purchase like that or searchable databases. Let me make that very clear. Searchable databases. Uh, so Zoom Info is pretty cool. Um, chambers of Commerce, right? So like you could take any Chamber of Commerce if they've got a website. I I did one. I, last time I did it was like somewhere in Georgia. I don't remember if it was a county or a state, but a lot of these are online now and. Yep. You can find the company, you can look up by industry type and find all the companies that match that in their Chamber of Commerce directory. Um, Reference USA, another great one. And that's free with a library card. And if you need additional information that you're not getting from these databases, Google it. The the internet has so much information on it, it's scary. But there's no that's for sure. Yep. And here's why I always really liked Reference USA was... Well, one, it was just because it was the one I used first. And I think I'm familiar with it. But the mm-hmm. other was you could do um, Excel exports out of it. So once you pull these, these whatever the industry, whatever code you're going to use, when you put them in there, you can generate like these lists of literally hundreds of leads of company names that you can then import right into your CRMs. They usually won't have like the point of contact name or the person you're going to reach, right, or their phone number. But if you have that and you've got a list, you can now cross-reference that with LinkedIn, oh yeah, Google, Facebook, or if you're going to pay and you have access to it, Zoom Info. I think it was, when I did Reference USA, it took me, I think it was 30 minutes between having to request an online library card and create an account. 30 minutes I was in there for free. So. Yep. Good stuff. Um, anything else on prospecting you want to get into? I mean, I, well, let me give you my. Let me just give you my the bottom line on this. Right, is that, and I already said it before. Um, 
use the resources you have available to you, but don't rely solely on them. You've got to go out there and create your own resource. You got to go out there and create your own leads. You got to go out there and create your own way of doing things. If you just copy someone else or just use what's handed to you, you're limiting yourself and that's not going to make a good broker out of you. That's my take. I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, yeah. it's like everything else. You learn from those around you. So practice at first. And as you are using these, right, start looking for more, right? When you see something that's working, go farther down that rabbit hole. If you've got a couple really good conversations with a prospect in a specific category, whatever that is, and you get a couple good calls, go deeper, go farther. Ask those prospects if there's anybody else that they've been working with that they think might need some help, right? Try to go deeper, farther, and wider on that same one instead of randomly picking things all day and then hoping it works because you don't know you can't evaluate what you're doing when you randomly put the inputs in. I can't agree with you more. All right, we've got a couple listener questions, but first I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Lean Solutions Group. If you are hiring in the new year, give Lean Solutions Group an opportunity to chat with you and see if they're a good fit for your growth. Obviously, the nearshore staffing model is, is huge. They've grown leaps and bounds in the last 12 months or so, really since the pandemic um, you know, began back in 2020. Uh, but give, give them a, a peek there and check them out. You can get a quality train transportation folks at a fraction of the price. So figure, you know, roughly for the cost of one American, you're going to get two. Um, and they're trained up, vetted, and you can do your final hiring decision with them. So check them out at leangroup.com. All right, so we got two questions. I'm going to read off the first one about building a carrier network. So um, this comes from Phil. It says, how do you build a carrier network? I have noticed three PLs out there that have thousands on their list. I have some that I've worked with personally while bringing freight in to where I was before. But now being with a new company as a new brokerage division, I would like to get more carrier flexibility. Um, there's a couple ways to do this. So <laughs> this is an example where you can buy a list, right? Mm -hmm. That is definitely like, so is it Kevin Hill that's, that was telling us about carrier, carrier, list. carrier list, right? Yep. Um, or you can go like literally the DAT directory. You can get access to all this stuff. All that is is data. Building natural relationships, that's going to take your time and it's going to take you making phone calls and every phone call you're on that comes from a load board posting or a truck posting on the load boards, get some kind of, you know, make it beneficial in some way, shape or form. If they don't have a truck available, cool. Find out when they do or what they do, what lanes they like running, and then you can build up the stats in your TMS on that care, their preferences, things like that. What do you, what else do you got on this one? It's exactly it, right? It's just taking it, again, one step further. So instead of just fielding a call and if the, the, the carrier doesn't work for the lane they're calling in on and hanging up, ask them, to your point, a couple more questions. Hey, I know this didn't work. Are you guys here often? Are you guys looking for this load weekly? Are there any other loads you're looking for right now? Are there any other lanes similar to this, right? You might be on the phone with somebody, a dispatcher, that's calling about a specific driver, but for all you know, he's got four other drivers that are matched for four of your other loads that he just doesn't know about, right? Asking yeah. that extra conversation, that extra question anyway, then writing that down and putting that like to your point in somewhere that you can search it later because do you have any idea how frustrating it is when you talk to a carrier and you write down the lanes they want and like a month and a half later, you're prospecting somebody and they're like asking for like the exact same capacity? 
and you're like searching through your notes and the paper, like, I know I talked to some driver, I know they ran these lanes and then you can't find it, right? Like, that's the thing is, but you're talking to a ton of carriers regardless of what you're doing. You're likely just not having the conversations to make sure that information sticks and to make sure you utilize it again later when you need it. Yep. Use your TMS very heavily there to track that data. If your TMS, if you don't have one or your TMS doesn't support that, a spreadsheet will do until you get a TMS. Yeah. Name of the carrier, what equipment they have, preferred outbound, you know, destinations and where they're where they're based out of to get the them back. Carrier list does that, by the way. I think it does it by when they get their inspections, which is all you know goes into the national database. I think it pulls their inspection lanes down, compares it with that, and then gives you the lanes that those carriers actually tend to run, and that's what you get for the service for um, carrier list. Gotcha. Okay. Next question comes from Henry. Henry asks, um, I've been driving truck for 10 years. Just curious, do you get any drivers that want to switch to become brokers? I have an in-home office, or I have a home office that I only use for gaming and other hobbies, but the idea of working from the comfort of my own home sounds incredible and could change my life. Thanks for your time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, when it, for me, for example, when it comes to recruitment of brokers, so if I look for someone that's got a book of business or they want to establish an agency, I get more unqualified than I do qualified. And the majority of those unqualified folks are people that are owner operators or they run a small trucking company or whatever the case might be. Um, they see that brokers are not sitting behind the wheel driving for 11 hours a day or 6.5, whatever we figured that MIT or whatever it was study told mm -hmm. us. Um, these guys, they're like, oh, these brokers, are they're at home. They're with their family, they're making good money, and they, you know, they want to get out of the truck and they want to be able to do that. Um, so the answer is yes, but I will, I will caution you. There are two very different jobs, two very, very different, very jobs, different jobs, right? So we, obviously, uh, if you've listened to us enough, you, you know that there's a very sales-intensive part of brokerage. As a carrier, if or as a driver, if you're looking to get into brokerage someday. You can hone those skills and fine tune those skills before you make a transition by having some good quality conversations at these pickup and delivery locations that you're working for, right? Get that person, that person, interpersonal tact um, strengthened, learn how to build relationships, and you're going to have some lead generation going on right there. You're the one at the dock every single um, time you're picking up or delivering. So, yes. I would and say that same thing. Biggest biggest issue is I think people just want what they don't have and they see that brokers are involved in the same industry and they think that, hey, it's going to be very much the same. I just don't drive the truck, right? The first thing I would say is if you are going to build or want to make this transition, pick 50 phone numbers, put them together and just call through them one day. See how that feels. See if that's something that you could do on a weekly basis. See if it's something you hate, right? Because that's a fundamental need of this job picking up the phone and doing outreach. But I do think to your point, the guys that I see that are most successful, they transition by taking their customers, they service on the asset side, and then they open a brokerage. But again, you need more than you driving the truck. And then they're like, hey, you know, we're gonna keep picking up your loads, but if you've got additional freight, we can cover that for you. That's the easiest transition. But again, yep. the people yes. need is the hard thing for the drivers to get because if they're not driving the truck, then they either have to tell their customer, I'm not picking up anymore. You either need a network or more than one person. Yeah, me. the the um, brokering the overflow freight is probably the most successful way to go about doing that. Um, 
Here's what I found is terrible is the owner operator that or let's say, yeah, someone who was a leased on driver or owner operator, whatever, whatever, right? They're one person, one truck, and they think they're going to broker while they're still hauling freight. Yes. And they have no idea that, like, they're like, oh, I just, you know, I'll go deliver this load that I have from this broker, and I'll just ask the customer if I can take their next load. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, you can't. You, you have to put time and dedication into it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, there, there's not much, but there is some cost to running a brokerage, yes. right? If you're not making money, you're losing money because you've got to have, you got to be insured, right? And all that stuff, so. You also have time, right? Think yeah. about it. I mean, if you're listening to the show, if you are going to start this industry, even if you know everything about it, if you're not comfortable making this amount of phone calls and you don't have customers, like you're gonna invest at least six to eight weeks just getting used to making phone calls. You're going to invest between three and six months actually getting your first customers. And you're probably going to spend another three to six months starting to get paid and getting enough of them to actually replace the income you didn't have, right? And that's yeah. the other big question. So uh, here's actually an interesting one. And I don't know I don't know the outcome of the story, but time's a big one of it, obviously, right? You got to have the time to do it. I had a husband-wife combo that one was a driver and the other one was just always rode around in the truck. I can't remember mm -hmm. which one it was. Um but the spouse that was not the driver was like, we're, you know, we started a brokerage and I'm doing all the calling in the truck while I think it was while he's driving, she's making the phone calls. And like, that's a creative way to go about doing it. You know, I like it. That's hustler, man. <laughs> it's better than thinking you can drive and make six hours of cold calls a day. So, uh, good it's stuff. Definitely doable. I mean, one last thought on that. I mean, if you really do want to transition from being in the truck, I mean, another great option if you can't just save up enough cash to not work for a year is save up enough where you can take a job at a brokerage, right? Where maybe you can work from home and you're, you know, an assistant to a broker where you can get used to all of the aspects of it, start to get more comfortable making phone calls, and then work your way up to getting some commission from there. And then eventually maybe jump out and start your own company. So I will tell you, before I worked in brokerage, I was at, on the asset side. I took a pay cut of my salary because I knew that there was potential for commission in brokerage. And mm -hmm. that is, I can't say enough how much you'll learn um, by doing it for a company that's already doing it. And for a lot of people, that is the best choice. Some people, they want, they've already got the sales skills and they just need a little bit of direction and they don't want a boss so it may not be the right for everybody that's where like our course comes into play for a lot of folks but you know there's nothing wrong with getting out of the truck and going to work for a brokerage and learning yeah. it that way so good stuff well cool man first uh first episode of the year in the books you got any uh any other items you want to cover here today or anything like that oh um we are looking for for Anyone that has taken our course, I know there's like 100 plus of yep. you. Um, we are doing an Amazon gift card, 25 bucks. Um, if we can use your review on our a new part of our website, um, looking to basically share your review and first name, last initial, and a picture of you, like a LinkedIn photo or Facebook picture, whatever. But yeah, if you guys are interested, fill out the form on our website, let us know, or just email us at info at freight360.net. Um, what else? And if, even if you've already put a review in and you just want to give us approval to use it and send your picture over, that's what we're looking for to build out one of the new landing pages. So 
If you've already given us a review and you want a $25 gift card, just shoot us an email over and a picture and we'll shoot you back a gift card. Absolutely. Um, always, or as always, let us know what content you guys want to see coming down the pipeline. We try to we try to keep things on the podcast listener driven and uh, you know from based on what you guys write to us about and the stuff that goes on YouTube is basically what people are searching for. So you've got your voice behind the keyboard and you've got your voice um, directly with us through the podcast and emailing us. So. A lot of, lot of good stuff coming out this year. It's going to be a good one. The library's growing. It is. And I think this month we're going to have somebody on from DAT. We're going to do, I think it's either going to be Ken or Dean, and we're going to cover market from the number side. Like, hey, what did they? What did we see through the end of the year? What are they expecting from the economist's point of view for this year? And then I think we we're had, going to do another one. Ken was about a year ago, right? And yeah, we never, January last we year. never did. I'll have to go back and listen to what he had to say. I'll probably laugh at his predictions. Good. I think we all thought that the market would be back to normal and that COVID would be done by this point. Well, it's funny. I mean, like, we all kind of thought that, right? I literally read, and it's funny that you said that because I read the, a lot of the predictions through freight waves that we were going through last week, actually, in last week's episode. And they were talking, like, they look almost identical to what everybody thought was 2021. Like, oh, mid-market, they think the market's going to flip a little bit, capacity's going to loosen up, consumer spending's going to draw back a little bit, and everything's going to go back to normal. We shall see. We'll see, man. Just let me buy my uh, my next house before the interest rates go up. So. Yeah. You and me <laughs> both, buddy. Uh, all right. Well, good stuff. Any guy? Oh, well, predictions on uh, football here. Let me let me pull up the the Bills are playing the Jets, and it's in Buffalo, and they flex the game to four thirty. The spread seventeen points in Buffalo's favor. I'm going. I'm going 30 I'm going like 38 to 10 Buffalo on that game. Um who are you guys? Do you know who you're closing out against? It's got to be it. Usually it's divisional. Let's take a look right here. Ravens. I forgot. Yeah. And I don't know if Lamar Jackson's playing or not. Um but you've got a they got he must be back cuz Baltimore's favorite five and a half points. Yeah. But it's a good game though. Well, Baltimore basically like they have to win that game. Yep, have to, right? I think they're not unless they've been eliminated already. But, um, yeah, let's see. Sunday, uh, one o'clock game. The standings. Is you got a one o'clocker there? Yeah, yeah. Baltimore's got to win. They got to win. They're (laughs) you guys are actually ahead of them in the in the standings because of that tie and they had a loss, but. Interesting, man. It's coming down to the wire here. Like, what a what a wild week eighteen. The AFC is just like all over the place. A lot of the all over the year place. was like that. I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> true. So, like right now, you've got um, fighting for wild card spots. You got Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Chargers, and Colts. And then there's New England, but they're pretty much guaranteed theirs. Well, they are guaranteed theirs. But insane. Insane. Cool, man. Well, your your go-to sign-off. Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Until next week, go Bills. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all the other episodes for even more great content. 
Check out the show notes for links to any articles and content that we referenced on this episode. Visit us on the web at www.freight360.net. And if you'd like to learn more about a new home for your agency, contact me directly. And if you'd like to learn more about me coming out to run a free complimentary sales training for your team, check me out on LinkedIn or again at www.freight360.net.